0: I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. We are in the Transporter Room. The Transporter Room. (laughs) It's a new podcast from the people who brought you before the war. We are on the Outsports platform, and we're so glad to be launching this new podcast.
1: It's great to be here, and it's wonderful to be a
0: part of the Outsports family. This is the next evolution in sports coverage. And I think we bring a very unique perspective. A little bit about you first, Carly. Tell me, what is it? that makes you who you are.
1: Well, let me see. I'm, I'm an athlete, an activist, a journalist, and I have enough energy to power a small city. <laughs> that's the best way I can put it.
0: Well, without um, wanting to uh, ruin people's expectations who think of you as this beautiful, blonde, blue-eyed girl from Missouri, you're actually <laughs> a beautiful woman of color from Nebraska. Is that right? Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. What's your experience? What have you done in your life?
1: My experience is I've been in I've been in broadcast, print and magazine journalism for 25 years. I've mostly been concentrated in sports. And most recently, I've gone into blogging and podcasting. To me, being a member of the Fourth Estate is one of the highest honors anyone could could have. And I think now more than
0: ever, real news is important. And on top of all of that, you're a Connecticut resident and a neighbor of mine. My name is Dawn Ennis. I am a 15-year resident of Connecticut. Native New Yorker. I used to have the high hair and I walked the dog and I parked the car, but now I've been living in Connecticut where I've learned how to raise my nose up in the air when other people pass by. <laughs> I love it here. Yeah, though. you're it's,
1: getting, yeah, you're starting to raise that. I'm getting uh, worried about your hat size. Oh
0: my God. But it is lovely here. Um, It's autumn as we record this, and it is my pleasure to be the managing editor and Carly's Boss at Outsports.com. Um, I also worked in television. I've worked in magazines. I've worked in radio. I've worked in print. And uh, I like to think of myself as trans being the most sixth interesting thing about me instead of the first thing about me. I'm a, a. I'm ashamedly, I'm a white girl. <laughs> I like pumpkin spice lattes. And I do what I can to raise up other voices, which is one of the reasons we have this podcast. Our guest is... Jess Fearon from New London, who is an athlete, a roller derby competitor, and a runner, and she's transgender. We're going to talk about sports, we're going to talk about science fiction, we're going to talk about a lot of things. But first, let's look at the news. What's tops on the news today? Well, what's tops on the news, at least the sports, is from, from our perspective, the
1: IAAF, the world governing body for track and field, imposed a new testosterone limit just a few days after the end of the world of the recent world championships In Qatar, and cutter yeah. and and top it off. Not only is it a lower. Not only are they lowering it to basically the Castor Semenya rule for intersex and transgender women. Transgender women don't get to be called female under the auspices of the IAAF anymore.
0: Under their law, they're saying that trans women aren't women, aren't females, unless they can prove it through some kind of documentation.
1: Now, at one level, however. That is no different than what the rules were before. Now they're just codifying, codifying it. You still had to show all the legal documents. You still had to do a number
0: of those things. I have a slightly controversial position on this. When I started lowering my testosterone for medical transition, which I started in 2010, it was actually October 6, 2010, nine years ago this month, on my wedding anniversary, um, <laughs> I discovered that my testosterone levels dropped to below an average natal woman, a cisgender woman's testosterone levels. They were like in the one and two range. So I don't really see the problem if someone's going to undergo a medical transition. Now, there are people like Dr. Rachel McKinnon who think that no trans athlete should have to undergo medical transition to be able to compete as a woman, and they think that's unfair. What do you think? Well, first off, One thing about this rule
1: that gets to me is the IAAF five years ago did their own study on this. They studied something like 670 elite competitors. I mean, these are the best of the best. And they found that there was a significant number of male athletes who are below even that five nanomole per liter limit that are below that. And there was something like 15% of women that they tested were above it. So there's, there's a range to this. It isn't as cut and dried as the IAAF believes it is, or a lot of, or really some of the people who are using this to try and gen up their own transphobia and gen up their own fears and, and take money from the Heritage Foundation believes. There's there needs to be more study on this. I'm not. I'm not a fan of this. I'm well, not a fan of this to begin to begin with. I can't stand this. I, I don't like this ruling because it's coming from hysteria and fear. It's not coming from fact. I am
0: dead set opposed to what they're doing to Castor Semenya. Well, I'm agree that with you really really on that. Ridiculous. I don't think anyone should have to take a body-altering medication just to be able to compete. And in the Castor Semenya case, I completely agree that it's wrong. In the transgender case... I think it's wrong if athletes are forced to change their bodies just to be considered women. I think if someone says they're a woman, then they should be accepted as a woman. And it's not a whim. It's not a feeling. It's not this, like, oh, I've decided to be a woman today. That's not how transgender works. So people should get off their frickin' worrisome uh, stool that they're sitting on and complaining about and get some research and understand what it is to be transgender. So... I am opposed to IAF's new rule just on principle, but personally, I could understand that anyone who does want a medical transition should be able to do so, and if they do so, they may find that their hormone levels do dip to the level that they're talking about here. Now, elite athletes are different. Their bodies are so different, and that's what makes them so special. I always say... Would it be right for Michael Phelps to be told he can't compete because he has an unusually long wingspan? Is it right for Usain Bolt not to be able to run because he's fast? Should pole jumpers who are are, um, any other athlete who are really good at what they do be put in a separate category just because their natural gifts allow them to? No, they shouldn't, and neither should trans athletes. I agree with that there. I mean, I think there has to
1: be some type of regulation, but that regulation has to be based on a lot more than just a lot of hearsay a lot of hearsay. There has to be more on there has to be more research, more studies. The only one way you're really gonna get more research and more studies. You have to let people play. And another thing is you have to do you have to go by like and also the comparisons have to be like versus like, or else the comparisons are invalid. You can't compare an elite athlete
0: to sedentary people. There's no way that works. Let's move on to another topic in the news. I noticed that Texas, what a surprise has a federal judge who just ruled that the Obama rule telling doctors that they have to treat transgender patients equally as every other patient is now been thrown out, that doctors can now say their religious exemption allows them to not treat or even operate on transgender patients.
1: Now, one thing, right, right out of the gate, we're both people of faith. Yes, so we are. we are, we are both people of faith. And very strong faith. I yes, guess. and yes, very strong faith. We're both members of church. Churches, yeah. in fact, I was well, at your congregation over the weekend. Actually, wonderful. I'm
0: a member of a temple. But I'm yes. a Jewish, not a church, but it's okay. <laughs> Christian and Jew together, yes. black and white, both women, both believers. Ebony in
1: S- and S- oh. ivory. You don't want me to sing.
0: <laughs> um, I would say that the, the thing that separates us, if anything, is our politics, which we're not going to discuss on this podcast. No, we are not going but to. I promise we won't. Our our, our our love for sports unites us. Yes. So, Athletes are affected by this because there are athletes who do want to have medical treatments or just need to see a doctor. And a doctor can now say, you're trans, I don't want to treat you, just right at the door. This is unfathomable to me. And I'm hoping that there'll be a higher court, maybe a Supreme Court, that will overrule this.
1: Religious freedom means that I have the right to practice practice my religion and I do, But it doesn't give me the right to infringe on anyone else. But it doesn't give me the right to put, that, to put my beliefs in the face and, and up to the nose of anybody. And that's what this is. This is an affront to the protections
0: that the Constitution prescribes. I also have an article that's on Connecticut Voice Magazine. It's ctvoice.com. That's Connecticut Voice Magazine. And under the sports tab, there is an article about two transgender teenagers, they're seniors in high school, Andrea Yearwood and Terry Miller, and it is about their fight to compete fairly and about the cisgender athletes who say they are presenting unfair challenges. You read my article. What do you think?
1: I really enjoyed the article, number one, but let's be real. This is not about... Everybody's trying to paint this as a group of cisgender girls who put this complaint... No, this is a... This is a right-wing hired gun group called the Alliance Defending Freedom. I have very different names for them, trust me, (laughs) who come out of K Street along Washington, D.C., guns blazing, spending, throwing a lot of cash around, and they misgendered and slandered two Connecticut kids. No matter how you feel about this particular issue in regards to Andrea and Terry, especially if you're a parent listening, what if someone came up and slapped your and disrespected your child and basically slapped them in the face and print how would you respond to me that is an that is an
0: issue that supersedes all the others just the meanness in their complaint the mom of the main plaintiff told me she has nothing against transgender athletes transitioning what she doesn't want them is competing competing specifically against her daughter and you know what a track coach from a college told me they don't look at who places first second or third when they're Scouting, when they're looking for scholarships, they're looking at what your personal time is. If your time is still the best time you've ever done, that's what's going to get you a scholarship. That's what's going to get you into college. Not because some transgender athlete is faster than you. I just don't understand how people can't get their minds around this. that sound means it's time for us to take a short break the transporter room will be right back with our guest Jess Fearin.
2: you
0: know it's time for our first guest We've Our never first had a, ever guest. we never had a guest on Before the War, and now on The Transporter Room, we're going to try and have a guest every week. Let's bring in Jess. Jess from New London, can you hear us?
2: I can't, yeah.
0: Welcome can. to The Transporter Room. We've just beamed you in. Jess Fearon is a New London-based roller derby competitor, a runner, an athlete, and a transgender woman. Jess, Welcome.
2: Thank you very much, Don. It's great to be on. Am I the first guest, by the way? You are
0: our first guest ever in 30 podcasts. We've never had a guest on Before the War, our first transporter room, and you are our first guest ever.
2: I feel pretty honored, not going to (laughs) lie.
0: Tell us a little bit about yourself. I just gave you a sort of brief intro. Um, When did you transition? Uh, How's your transition going? And how is it impacting your athletic ability?
2: My transition really started... um, when she's um, about five years ago, when I started to really kind of think through uh, how my life was going to end, um, you know you get into your fifties and you start to think you know um, where what, what what mark am I going to leave on this life and 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 who am i um, and that was about five years ago, and since then i 've found a new sport uh, i've found i 'm um, uh, in a band. Uh, I have an amazing network of friends and and, and people who who love me and um, you know it's it 's funny I was looking at social media and all the things and how many friends I have on Facebook as a uh, you know in, in kind of that old profile and then this new world that i 'm in as as a woman as as jessica fear and 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 it's you know i like twice the friends and i 've only been around for like four years um, and it just it 's a reflection of of how much happier I am as a human being.
1: Well, it's always good to compete as your truest self. I mean, in fact, you've are in fact, you done something that's a dream of mine to do, which is an Ironman, and I'm going to get there at some point. And also, I'm pounding close to that age you were talking about. Um, one thing, talk about how inclusive roller derby's been. I mean, especially over these last, especially nationwide and also worldwide over the last 10 years, there has been a true explosion in the game as far as trans competitors, non-binary competitors, all sorts of competitors, all sorts of body types. Talk about how that that explosion and how that explosion has affected the game and actually made it more accessible to so many people.
0: Carly knows about this because she just wrote an article for Outsports about transgender inclusion among roller derby uh, groups and teams all across the world.
2: Oh, terrific. Well, um, Carly, that's a great question. In fact, if you go back to the original... Uh, days of roller derby you know there's two versions of roller derby that people have it's you ask them and they think of that slanted track that that ramp the ramp track that goes around and people acting more like the world wrestling federation people than uh you know than athletes today it's a flat track like a like a tennis like a, a basketball court and uh and it's highly highly refereed and highly managed and it's uh and it's a beautiful sport a tribe if you will um, but back then, the origins in Austin, Texas, were uh, a bunch of very strong, powerful um, uh, women and a bunch of drag queens who kind of got together and said, "You know, this this is this could be fun." Uh, the the Derby Girls took the names of many of the drag queens, um, and that tight relationship from the very beginning was baked into the uh, essentially the mission of. WIFTA, which is the Women's Flat Track Derby Association. So ever since the origin of the sport, really, it has been inclusive of trans non, you know, uh, non-binary uh, people and, and a range of, there's, there's a statement there actually that I, I can't remember exactly how it's worded, but it very much is inclusive of, as long as you identify as a, as a female uh, and or binary, non-binary, in other words, you could be a female, uh, then, then you're fine. And um, and it's a wonderful sport, welcoming. Uh, but it is tough as nails. I'll tell you that right now. It's the toughest thing I've ever done. And I've played football. I've wrestled. I've played hockey. I have um, uh, I've done so many different things. It's a long list. But but it's a wonderful sport. One of the so, arguments that against, your question.
0: <laughs> it did. One of the one of the arguments against transgender athletes competing is that because you had the benefits mm-hmm. of puberty because of your physique prior to your transition, that your body is a dangerous weapon to anyone who's female-bodied on the roller derby track. My question is, aren't there roller derby competitors who could wipe the floor with you? Not all (laughs) women are dainty little, you know, petite uh, characters. Tell me a little bit about your experience in terms of your physique versus theirs.
2: Well, I, I, I guess I would... I would direct you or anybody listening to this podcast to, to watch the highest level derby that's being played. And, um, and so if, you'll, if you, you search on derby 2018-19, you know, you'll see some of the most amazing athletes. Uh, and some of the most amazing athletes on the floor are not the big athletes. Uh, they are athletes like Lauren Much, who is five foot, about 100 and maybe 30, 20, 30, 40 pounds, depending on muscle mass. Um, and she flies under and around people. Amazing, amazing athlete. Um, one of the better players on our team is, uh, her name is Black Mamba. She's, you know, 120, 130. She does CrossFit, and she blows doors on, on the competitors. Uh, we played a men's team from Casco, May, Maine, uh, and Mamba uh, managed. I think she, she scored uh, more, more points than I did uh, that night, but uh, she did amazing, and she's, you know, half my size running through the line. So um, it is very much an athletic sport at the highest levels. When you're getting into the sport, it helps to be big and bulky because you take up space and you can push people around. But in the end of the day, um, having uh, muscle mass and strength is important. Now, for transgender players, yes, I will be honest. uh, And and actually, I have more muscle mass than the average uh, male when I was growing up. I've been working out in in gyms since I've been 12, 13 years old. Um, I also actually know some women who've been working out most of their lives and they have similar muscle mass to me. I'm not huge. I'm, you know, I'm 165 pounds, five foot six. So uh, I am very much an average size on the track, to be honest with you, very much average. Five foot six, 165 pounds, not that big. Um, However, uh, density of muscle mass does help. So when I hit people or when I'm trying to move, there are times when I might, you know, theoretically have a, better, uh, have a better chance at beating people, but to be honest with you, as I play at the highest levels now, uh, well, I play for a Division II team, Hartford, um, I am finding that my uh, maleness, uh, if you will, my, the, the, re- the residue of my maleness that still exists in my body that has been baked in, uh, is less and less of an, an advantage at the higher levels, um, we had a team from Casco Bay, Maine, Maine come down. We beat them by 12 points. They were stunned. They were all, they were all very big, heavy men. <laughs> and they were stunned that we, uh, that we took them out. They did not know that we could, we could beat them. <laughs> 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 they didn't look at video beforehand. And that was their, that was their, their
0: error. <laughs> all right, Jessica Fearman. we got questions from Carly. Now, Carly is an athlete, like I said, so her questions are going to be different than mine.
1: Well, Jessica, one thing, the story that I wrote for OutSports, the genesis of this came about because there was, a, there was a group, one of the, I mean, there was an anti-trans group that pretty much put an article on their website that quoted some roller derby at, some Canadian roller derby athletes who said they're quitting the sport because of the quote-unquote invasion of trans athletes in the game. And the response to this from roller derby teams who were members of both the, who were both members of the world flat track derby association and their counterpart in the UK, the results, it was just unreal. The amount of response there were one person said, and I quote, keep the name of our game out your damn mouth. (laughs) There were individual skaters and whole teams, and whole leagues that were saying, this is not what roller derby is about. I mean, for you, how do you feel hearing that type of validation from competitors, from teams and from a number of fans who came out in force and said, not bring that turfiness out of, don't bring that to our sport.
2: Well, it was funny right after that article came out, I, I hadn't seen any of that. uh, wasn't aware of it. Um, and oftentimes t- transphobic stuff kind of misses my radar. I don't even see what's going on. Um, but I, like you <laughs> the Next day, The next, I know you do. But the next day, my league published uh, a well worded, uh, at least it was probably two paragraphs. Uh, the president must have banged it out. I don't know who banged it out, but they banged out two paragraphs of how much they are in support uh, of trans, you know, and, and non binary athletes playing derby, re- restating what is in the, uh, it, not only our charter, but also the charter of WIFTA restating it clearly and supporting all the athletes that play clearly. They're talking about me, but there's also we have non-binary players that are playing all around the leagues with me. And there's another trans play, uh, player that kind of pops in and out of my league too. So there are trans people playing, but I'd be honest with you, that tr- uh, around me, uh, I, I may be pretty good, but I am by no means the best around. Uh, and let's, Sab- let's, let's count on my how league. many
0: players, how many players are on a team?
2: Yes. Uh, so generally you're able to have, I I think it's uh you can have a charter of roughly twenty-ish, uh, but you can really only bring geez, I was it I just changed, I think fifteen uh to so a game. I wouldn't
0: say I wouldn't say two trans women are exactly an invasion.
2: No, by no means. Well, and 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 uh Miss I and I, uh Miss I played played for Hartford and now she plays for C T R D. Um she kind of has dropped in and out. Um, she's older, in her 60s, um, you know, has played for a while. And, you know, she isn't at the top of her game right now, but she's terrific. She's a wonderful player, um, and she does terrific. But she certainly doesn't present uh, 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 that kind of situation. Frankly, I don't either. I am, uh, you know, I, I had one of my the players from another team we played out in Akron, Ohio, roll up to me, and she kind of looks at me, and she goes, you know what that badass <laughs> 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 and, I, and I laughed I smiled you know and I and I said I'm, I'm sorry I don't know and you know I kind. Of, she was trying to intimidate me and I kind of skated back I did my thing and I cut through I did beat her um but we only won that game by like three or four points and I was the low j- scoring jammer that night I think Sable and Mamba both beat me that night um uh but I did have some I had some great plays but it was a wonderful night um uh, again the higher level you get the more equalized it gets, I believe. Now, to be fair, I'm in my fifties. And um, I'm, to be honest with you, it takes me much more time to uh, to, to, to recover and things. Uh, I'm somewhat at a significant disadvantage. Plus I've been taking estrogen uh, for, and you know, and other medications and things for a a while now. And it's, you know, it's done a job on my muscle mass to a certain extent, but I work out and do yoga every day. Um, And I, and I, and I skate, more more than uh, more than the times that we have practice. I skate outside, I skate everywhere, I ride a bike, I swim, I do everything.
0: <laughs> now, now i've I've met you in person. I have the advantage over Carly, and I can vouch for all our listeners. You have a badass. I mean, it's really nice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, I've seen you on stage, so I know what you, I know what you bring to the table, Jess.
0: Now you mentioned that you have an injury that you're recovering from. Um, what What's that like having to either train or play with um, some injuries? Because I, I I imagine that, um, like you said, being older. I mean, I'm 55. It um, it does it does take a toll, doesn't it?
2: So I mean, this is it. A- older athlete things so there's a couple athletes um in hart on the hartford area roller derby team that um that uh that are a little bit older um I won't mention her name but she's terrific I love her more than life itself and she and I both uh are in a situation where Uh, our shoulders are a little banged up. Our knees are a little banged up. We've been doing things for a long time and it's kind of like, yeah, I got one more year left in me, I think, (laughs) you know, and she, so, and she's the same age as me. And we, we talk about it openly. Um, I see her, I, she's literally, we're just kind of a different size version of each other. Um, I'm a little bit bigger than she is, but she struggles from the same thing. You know, being older takes more time to recover. It's, um, the, all the scar tissue that's been built up, it, it starts to take its toll. I use yoga, um, to break that down and to rejuvenate my body. If you don't have something to, uh, help you, um, recover in a positive way like yoga, uh, and other things out there, you, then I, I, I think you really run the risk of breaking down over time as an athlete. So I spend a lot of time in recovery. I do a lot of massage therapy. I do all these things.
0: Have you had any interactions that um, our listeners who are transgender can identify with or that cisgender listeners who are allies who want to understand? Anything that you can explain about what it is to be transgender in Connecticut in sports and dealing with your medical professionals? Have there have there been issues or problems or have you been minding mostly acceptance?
2: I would say I would say acceptance. Um, i I don't recall a time uh, there's an occasion where uh, because I haven't finished changing my name legally for reasons that have to do with work and things um, I uh, uh, sometimes every once in a while in a, in a doctor's office they'll call my mail name and uh, I'll usually wait a couple of minutes and then I'll walk over and say I think they called me um but, uh, generally speaking, they actually. I will ask them to use my uh, the name that I ask, and I'll tell them, Jess And, and uh, nine times out of ten, they use the the proper name. But treatment has been wonderful in Connecticut. I, I honestly, well, and I live in New London. It's a little bit more of a pro, I would say, progressive area um, than, let's say, where I raised my kids and everything else. Other parts of you know Madison, Old Saybrook, and old Lyme, and things like that, which probably a little bit more conservative.
0: How's your family acceptance level? How's
2: that going? Oh, I'm lucky enough to have so much great support from all of them. Um, my sister, who is the, a, a third in, in our family, I'm the oldest, I told her, um, what, five years ago, and um, she was on the phone every day with me for the first, I want to say the first six months, year of me coming out. <laughs> and, uh, and my uh, brothers accept me almost aggressively um, like, like they're, they're happy that, that, that it happened, which is kind of bizarre and, uh, and, and unbelievable. And their spouses are, uh, have, have done things like they've got involved in trans groups at church and things like that. It's been overwhelmingly accepting my family. I, I am blessed beyond uh, any, any, I can't even tell you guys, I've been so lucky.
0: Wow. I, I goosebumps. Lucky. I got goosebumps listening to that because both Carly and I have experienced, Some rejection, and it's probably more often common, sadly. I want to just switch gears a little bit. Okay. I know you're into two things, Jess.
1: One, because I've seen you actually perform as a member of Jody Jolt and the Volt. I've seen you nail it at the Brass Rail. I've seen you perform with the group all over New
2: England. That's That's where we met. they're
1: They're my favorite live band in this part of the
0: country.
2: We do have fun. I mean, it is literally, we just, we don't do it for money. Although we do get paid many times, do you do what do you play?
0: What instrument do you play?
2: I play guitar and bass.
0: Oh wow! So
2: if Angela, Angela is this amazing bass player, plays a six string bass. She's uh, her hands are huge, which amaze- allows her to just just crush it. And uh, and but there's often times where she's traveling uh, uh, because she her uh, her boyfriend owns this company and she has to travel all over the country. So I'll often be stuck in the winter months. Uh, playing bass for the band and i i feel bad because they don't get the benefit of the angela bass but i can play your good a, a good bass <laughs> i just play a better guitar <laughs> what kind of music do you guys play oh gosh rock and roll um uh, we have a lot of uh, of our own music um Fantastic. Crazy, the, crazy cat lady is one of my yeah, favorites That, 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 that i love the, and, and, here, Carly, hold on. Let me let me get you straight. It's one room, thirty cats, cats living life like a crazy cat lady. Ain't got no mice or rats living life like a crazy cat. lady. Like a crazy, crazy
1: cat, cat lady. lady. Okay. Okay. That's okay. Now gonna... that I've got. Now that I've gotten the. But one thing I just love, the Volt mean a lot to me personally because in many ways that band, that band is a soundtrack of my own transition. Aww. So. Oh wow. I mean, yes. I mean, I've known i've I've been seeing the group since like since I first really started coming out and living my life authentically oh that's been about five yeah. years since the first time We're i' ever choking went up out. here yeah, and this is nice no for i mean i mean I've told Jody this, and I'm gonna tell you the same thing thank you all because in many ways the vault got me out the vault got me out of the closet and into the world in many ways and because of that, I've found I've met met so many other people. I had a chance to meet Dawn. I've had the chance to compete authentically, which I love, which is the greatest thing ever. She was in the Hartford Marathon this yeah, past I, weekend. Yeah, I did did Hartford half this past weekend. I right. know I'm, I'm not far behind 40. you two age wise. I'm forty eight. So I know about Recovery.
0: Well let's <laughs> just let's just say estrogen is the fountain of youth. So I don't look fifty five and neither do you look forty eight and Jess you are a darling, believe mm-hmm. me. I would never know you were in your fifties. So let's talk about something else that's pop culture. Yeah. Because this is called the Transporter Room. <laughs> I read that you are excited about Matrix 4.
2: Oh, yeah, the Wachowski brothers are coming back. Or sisters, I should say now, sorry. Sisters now, right? Lily and Lana, yeah.
0: And on top of that, you mentioned to me that you are an avid fan of the book Ender's Game, which I thought made a terrible movie, but was a wonderful book.
2: <laughs> well, if you look at Picard, I mean, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, something Scott Picard. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, no, 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 no mean, that's
0: She doesn't, doesn't mean <laughs> <Star> Trek. <laughs> uh, no, no, she's no, no, talking about the
2: author of Ender's Game. Oh, yeah, it's uh, if you guys can Google, but it's uh, he's 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 an amazing author, and frankly, the uh, Ender's Game was not the book that I would have chose. There was a chose to make a movie. The Speaker for the Dead and Xenocide are are freaking intense, um, and uh, they deal with things themes like time travel. Um, adults and children uh kind of how they relate humanity compassion versus ruthlessness and death in 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 ways that like the speaker for the dead is an amazing book and the main theme is this guy ender who has who has done all these bad things in his past comes back and the speaker for the dead shows up and 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 they are they are paid it's very bizarre, but they are paid to tell the truth about a dead person. And mm. in, that, in that telling, they have to do research before the, uh, b- before the speech is given. So they show up on site and they do all the research to find out what's, been, what's happened with this person. And this process is just bizarre in, in terms of finding. And, and, and the whole result is this very balanced version of a person's life, not just the good. Not just the bad, but a fully balanced truth of their life. And that's the goal of Speaker for the Dead. What so great that's... Character. Yeah, I mean, it's a, he did an amazing job um, writing these books. He's run a, written a lot of others. I,
1: Orson Scott Card three-time Hugo Award winner, I might add. So no, this is a name I know.
0: And I love the fact that you're an avid reader because like, I love Bradbury, Anderson, Asimov. I grew up reading science fiction. And it was because of Star Trek that I got into science fiction. And I still love Star Trek. I was at Comic Con. I got to meet, um, you know, uh, 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 Patrick, St- Sir Patrick Stewart, and um, I'm friends with both uh, um, Wilson Cruz and Anthony Rapp. So we keep in touch on Twitter. And I'm very excited about both Discovery and about this new series, Star Trek Picard. I think there's going to be a lot of exciting science fiction in the next year. I find that there are a lot of us in the, um, my wife used to call it trans world, <laughs> who, <laughs> who, who live in our uh, heads uh, a science fiction environment because, let's face it, you know, I, I said this to Caitlyn Jenner when I interviewed her. She's been living inside her head for 65 years as the woman she really is. But she had to live outside that world as this you know hero, decathlon, was it the Yes. Um, athlete that people you know and, and and reality TV star that she it took for her forever to finally be herself. And then it's funny, people expect her to be something else, and she's still really a, a, a white old Republican <laughs> who lives above the clouds in Malibu. Um, but I, I wish people would stop looking at Caitlin as us because we're we're different people. Jess, you're you, I'm me. And Kay, Carly is, woof, Carly is very Carly. <laughs> well, I appreciate on that. On, buddy, I let think. me say something about that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about this, and you know, uh, you know the, she got 99 problems, right? Right. Yeah. Or he got 99 problems. Well, I say this, when I meet trans girls who are a little, little off, and I'll, I'm, I'm being nice when I say this because we've all met some that I understand are a little
0: what you mean, I understand what you mean. Okay,
2: uh, my statement to them is, or to people around them is, uh, she's got 99 problems and trans ain't one, okay? <laughs> yeah,
0: oh, I amen, mean, amen.
2: Honestly, I, I, it's I, like, you're I, freaking crazy I, uh, before you get into this shit. It's hard enough I, as, an, yes. as an adjusted normal adult with not a whole lot of depression, not a whole lot of anxiety, not a whole lot of the things that many of us already have. But when you add whatever it is that you come to the table with, oh, it can get crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, amen,
2: amen. I had a little problem because a lot of the trans people that I've known over the years, and I'll be honest with you, even myself, generally don't want to be around other trans people sometimes because it's, it's like we don't want to want. <laughs> you know in with the crazy group in the corner we just want to be accepted for being a person so i'll be honest i mean there are times when if there's a group of trans people i generally go the other direction i'll go to the other bar i'll you know i'll do something else because i just don't want to be lumped you know
0: i know i hear you and i and i think this is why there are a lot of people who at least in the trans women community who decide to go stealth because they just don't want to be associated with that, and they don't want to be judged. They want to just be treated as women. And I, one of my best friends in the whole world is that way. And I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I have to because of publicity. Unfortunately, um, I'll never be able to not be that Dawn Ennis. But I don't go around wearing a big T on my shirt either. I don't, you know, advertise that I'm trans. If it comes up, it comes up. I just think that, you know, like I said, the sixth most interesting thing about me is that I'm trans. And there are five more interesting things that I could tell you about. I've enjoyed having this conversation, Carly. But I do want to throw something in. On oh, you what's that? Because I
1: disagree with the. I actually disagree with the both of you. Oh, hang on in a, now. In a sense, and I'm going to tell you what I'm an activist. Oh, here and we I, go. I, I, I'm an activist. Here we go. Now, to me, at one level, for me being trans is like I'm a transgender woman. It's Monday. Okay. At one level, it's Monday. It's like it's just it is a fact of my life. But at another level, I respect those who feel. Who feel that okay, I just want to go stealth and be left alone. Yeah, and and I don't have a problem with that. I mean, to be honest, I don't want to be out marching in the streets for our rights every day. Honestly, I just want to be laying up with my lover, w- eating waffles, watching Formula One on a Sunday morning. Who but, is this lucky person? But, who is this lucky person? But I want to sometimes know you have to put you have to put your name out there and put who you are out there. Well, yeah. and you have to, and that work needs to be done. I don't have a problem with anyone who chooses not to do that work, mm-hmm. that's fine, but I have a real problem with people who, for example, who live stealth and then point at me and say, you're the problem, you're the oh. issue, Well, you're the problem, because you activists keep running your mouth Well, let me put it this way, when your stealth world gets upset because someone's transphobic on your job, for example who you're gonna call, it I ain't know. Ghostbusters.
0: I know, but that, shout out to Blossom Brown who stood up at the LGBTQ forum. Shout yeah. out to all the people like my friend Maya Monet who went to Washington for the Trans March. Shout out to all those people like Chase Storangio who went to Supreme Court, Laverne Cox, who stood on the steps of Supreme Court and said, this has gotta stop. So I, I, I am indebted to all those people I, like yourself. You
2: know, hey, sorry, sorry, just, yeah, when you. I came out uh, back in 2014, 14, 13, 14, when I started, um, I made a decision that I was gonna live and I chose a name, Firin, which actually means, you know, authentic in Gaelic. I chose this I because I knew that I was going to be viewed as a trans person. I don't generally pass. Yeah, there are times on some, you know, <laughs> give me a give me a nice afternoon or, or an evening where my makeup is on point and I'm cruising down the walk and I've got it all tight. Yeah, I can pass sometimes. But Generally speaking, people kind of read me because my voice is a little lower, and I generally look like a female bodybuilder most of the time um, because I have some muscles. Um, but and beautiful so, blonde. So hair. what's that? Oh, and beautiful, beautiful blonde and, hair. Thank you. Yeah, I do like my hair. It's 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 grown out well. Um, that's one of my. It's like the uh, you know one of my strengths is that I I actually have hair, which is very nice. Um, but my point is is that is that I. Am honest about who I am. I, I do, even if I, even if I pass. Like, and I've had some people say, "Oh, I had no idea you were trans." I, I tell them. I tell them because not only have I been abused in the past because people thought I was a girl and found out I was a guy and I got pummeled in a club or two. That happened. So I know not to ever let an engagement begin uh, without baselining. Now. The thing I don't do is get in people's face about it. Just like you, Don, you said. It's like, I, I'm not going to tell them right off the bat, but if I get to know them uh, pretty quickly, I, I eventually let them know who I, or they find out because I'm very open about it. I will not, I will not mask my voice that much. I will not mask um, who I am. Um, I will be very open as I engage. So my thing is this. I engage one person at a time. You know, every time a person meets me, they are meeting all of me and they are saying, that's a cool person, that person's trans, I can support trans rights because Jess is cool. That is my freaking job every day. And I think, Carly, I think that's what you said too. And I I believe in that. I just, I have a different angle. Sometimes I kind of do a little more passive.
0: Jess, you know the expression, your mileage may vary. I think that applies here, and I didn't mean to assume or presume that you either agreed with me or Carly. I think all of us have our own unique perspectives, and that's what the beauty of being trans is.
1: I agree agree with Jess's view on it because that's my view on it. It's one of those things where – it's what I was telling a relative of mine who I recently came out to. It's not something I necessarily shout out from the rule of tots, but it's not something I hide either. It just is and very much like dawn it's about the sixth or seventh most interesting thing about me it's like it's one of those things where it's one of those things where again i don't it's not something that i feel the need to hide nor advertise it just it just is i mean it just is this is yeah. just another part of my beautiful life and i'll say it my life got a lot more beautiful now that it's better living through estrogen. And I like
0: it. <laughs> I also like being who I am. Much happier than I was. I, I miss the six-figure income. Um, I miss the, 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 the wonderful uh, job I had in television news. But I would not trade all of that for what I have right now with my kids, with myself, with my friends, and with you guys. Yeah. Thank you for being our first guest, Jess.
2: Thanks, guys. It's really great to, uh, to talk with you both. And um, I look forward to seeing you soon. Yes indeed. We'll have to get together in person and we'll maybe meet at mm-hmm. the brass rail. I'm all for it. Brass Rail New London. Woo!
0: That's the first episode in the can. I'm Dawn Ennis. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. as she goes, Mr. Sue. More to fuck. We'll see you next week.